0: Ernest Campbell was the witty author and uh, preacher, pastor of Riverside Church in New York City for many years. He tells a story about a woman who went to a pet store and bought a parrot. She came back the next day and complained to the owner that the parrot would not talk. So the owner of the shop said, well, do you have a mirror in the cage? The woman said, no. He said, well, sometimes... Parrots, when they look in the mirror, see their reflection, they think it's another parrot, and they start talking. So she bought a mirror. Came back the next day. Parrot still won't talk. Hmm, well, do you have a ladder in the cage? No, don't have a ladder. Well, sometimes when they start exercising, moving up and down the ladder, it just loosens them up. Maybe that will do it. Came back the next day. Parrot will still not talk. Hmm, do you have a bell? Sometimes when they make the noise with the bell, that gets them stimulated. They start making sounds, start talking. She buys a bell. Came back the next day. The parrot's dead. The owner said, I'm so sorry. Did the bird ever say anything? She said, yes, in fact, it did. Right before it died, it asked, do they sell any food down at that store? Come on, I mean, no matter who you are, that's funny right there. We're talking today about food in the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. And we're halfway through the Lord's Prayer. Maybe you noticed, maybe you haven't, that we make a very significant shift in the prayer this week. We started with the opening address our Father who art in heaven. And then there are three what are called thou petitions because they all address God. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Now today, we begin what are called the three we petitions because they address us. Give us this day our daily bread and for some of you, you might be thinking, finally, now we get to pray about what I need. And if you've been in this series so far, you're might, you might already be getting a hang of the fact that the things we see in the prayer aren't always the way they appear. You may be jumping ahead a little bit and thinking, I bet bread stands for more than food. I bet bread stands for everything I need to exist. I bet this prayer gives me permission to say to God, help me with my mortgage payment. God, help me build my retirement account. God, help me take care of my children and my grandchildren. And if you think that way, you're in good company. The reformer, Martin Luther, said that daily bread includes Food, drink, clothes, shoes, houses, farms, fields, money, property, good marriage, good children, just government, favorable weather, health, good friends, and loyal neighbors. Well, that just about covers everything, doesn't it? But all due respect to Dr. Martin Luther, this prayer is not as it appears The Jewish New Testament scholar, now there's a contradiction in terms, isn't it? The Jewish New Testament scholar, Amy Jill Levine, says if you think about it, just on the surface of this statement, there's something a little off. Give us this day our daily bread. She said that that sentence is like the expression, hot water heater. If the water's already hot, why do you have to heat it? If God gives us daily bread, why do we have to say and give us bread today? Something just seems a little off. What is it? It's the original word which we translate daily. The word in Greek, epiousion. Epiousion. I want you to say that with me right now. Say it out loud. Epiusion, you're learning some Greek today. If you've ever ever used the expression, well, it's all Greek to me, if you'd have said that word in the first century to a Greek speaker, they would have said the same thing (laughs) because it's a word that didn't exist. Greek speakers in Jesus' day would have said, what are you talking about right now? The first time this word appears in the Greek language is in the Lord's Prayer when the New Testament was written. Well, how did it come to mean daily then? Well, when the Greek New Testament, centuries later, was translated into Latin called the Vulgate, a Latin word was used which means daily. That's how it happened. But scholars go back to the Greek and they say, eh, it doesn't really mean daily. It comes from two words, the prefix epi. Epi is a prefix meaning to, on, upon. Usia is a participle. It means to be or to exist. Now you put that together, what you clearly are talking about is something that we need for our existence. But here's where the big debate comes in. What kind of existence are we talking about, physical existence? Are we talking about bread as food, as what we need to take care of these bodies of ours? Or or are we talking about something more spiritual? There are many who say that's the true meaning of this expression. In fact, it has a futuristic appeal that this word daily, is not talking about today, it's it's really talking about the future, the, the future hope of life and of our world, the great tomorrow, if you will. They say if you translated this sentence literally as it should be into English, it would go like this. Give us tomorrow's bread today. Now repeat after me. Why do... You have to make such simple things so complicated. And the answer is because that's what I do. That's what I do. Give us tomorrow's bread today. Those folks would point out stories like Jesus talking to Martha and Mary. Mary was... Listening to Jesus, spending time with him, Martha was caught up cooking and preparing a meal. She couldn't understand why her sister wouldn't help her. She said, Jesus, don't you care that my sister's just sitting around while I do the work alone? What does it, uh, what does he say to Martha? Martha, there's only one thing needful, only one thing for true existence. So which is it? What does this sentence mean? Give us this day our daily bread. Are we talking about our physical needs or are we talking about our spiritual needs? Are we talking about physical food or spiritual food? Let me give you the answer right now. Yes. That's the answer. Yes. Yes. Jesus addressed... People's physical needs too often to ignore that. Jesus showed too much concern for people's physical well-being and the alleviation of it. When he preached a really long time one day and there were thousands there to listen, he knew they had grown hungry. He said, let's give them something to eat. That led to the miracle, the multiplying. Of the fish and loaves. One day his disciples were walking through a grain field and they were hungry, so he allowed them to pick the heads of grain and eat. Illegal on the Sabbath, but Jesus knew they were hungry, they needed nourishment. He took notice when fishermen had fished all night and they didn't catch a thing. He wasn't worried about fishing as if it was a hobby. He knew this was their livelihood. If they come in with no fish at all, their family might not have anything to eat for the rest of that day or tomorrow. Jesus took concern over people's physical well-being. And if you say, well, that's what I believe about this statement. It means daily bread. It means our physical needs today that God cares about that. And if you feel that way, you actually have some historical evidence to support you. 1925, parchments were discovered in a trash heap in Egypt. They dated back to biblical times. Greek writing on these parchments, and there was one little piece of paper that is the only other example we have in the world right now where this word epiusion appears. Do you know what the context of the parchment is? It was a first century shopping list. So clearly, epiusion has to do with our physical needs. And when Jesus talks about daily bread, we are meant to think about the story of the manna in the wilderness. The Israelites led out of Egypt under Moses. They go into the desert. There's nothing to eat. They cry out to God. God gives them what came to be known as bread from heaven. But the people didn't look at it and think bread. It was a white flaky substance that fell to the ground every morning. In fact, they didn't recognize it. Their question to Moses is, what is it? That is the meaning of the word manna. What is it? In English today, we would say manna translates what you call it. What you call it, that's manna. God will give you some what you call it every day. And that was the condition. God gives it every day. You cannot hoard it up. You can't go out and say, well, you know, since I'm out here today... If I get enough for tomorrow, I can sleep in tomorrow. I'll just get, in fact, in fact, I'm just going to gather enough for the rest of the week. Well, you couldn't do that. It would go bad, it would rot. What was the lesson? God gives us what we need every day. That's why we can pray give me tomorrow's bread today. It doesn't mean go hoard up, God, give me right now everything I need for tomorrow so I don't have to worry. No, what it means is I can go to bed tonight without having in my possession tomorrow's needs because I'm trusting God is going to be there tomorrow to take care of me. That's why I can rest. Edward Schweitzer, New Testament scholar, says this petition means... Grant that we may lie down to sleep, not with a sense of abundance or surety against hard times, but simply without despair, knowing that the coming day has been provided for. If you wake up in the middle of the night, maybe you need a cup of water or have to go to the restroom, and you get back in bed... How many of you, if you allow your thoughts to begin stirring on what is coming up tomorrow, what you've got to get done by the end of the week, you are not sleeping again that night? How many of you does that happen to you? I'm in good company then. That happens to me way too often. And I begin to stew on what I've got to do. I, I just think, okay, I'm not going back to sleep. I might as well get up and get to work. I believe as I've studied this part of the Lord's Prayer, it would do my soul some good when those occasions come just to start saying this part of the prayer over and over and over again. Give us this day our daily bread because I can trust God, you are going to take care of what I need, you are going to provide for me, I can rest. But, of course, this prayer is not in the first person. Give me this day my daily bread. It is, once again, in the third person plural. Give us this day because if God cares about my needs that much, then that has to mean that God cares about the needs of other people, especially other people who don't have as much as I do. If I pray for daily bread, then I'm going to be made aware of people who might not have the daily bread that I get satisfied with and the ways other people can be helped. Hunger is a big deal in our world. Listen to some statistics just locally for us. 31% of residents in Marion County need assistance with food. Nearly one in three Forty percent of households struggle to meet all their food needs. Food insecurity is a major contributor of health problems, academic challenges, worker productivity, and public safety. This is why St. Luke's names hunger as one of our four mission outreach initiatives. This Wednesday, March the 6th, we are hosting the Indy Hunger Network's Food Pantry Summit for all food pantries in Indianapolis. There will be over 300 people here representing 200 food pantries in the city of Indianapolis. And many of those 200 say they cannot keep up with the need. Also, we encourage everyone to read about ways to support hunger reducing legislation like Bread for the World There is a key proposal right now to cut funding to SNAP, which stands for Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. And through the QR code that you're looking at right now on your screen, you can go to Bread for the World and learn more information about this where we can sign on to letters asking our legislatures to please not cut funding which families in our country, depend on to stay well-fed. They need this. So if you're in a small group, you're going to see information in your small group sheets this week about Bread for the World organizations to help support this. But the point is, if we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we're going to think about the hour. God is going to put on our hearts a concern for those who might not even have daily bread. Years ago, I was in a church, and we spent the season of Lent in prayer, asking everyone to pray, but not about what they're praying for, to think about what God says to them through their prayers. It was about this time of year. A woman set an appointment with me one day. She came to see me, and she said, Rob, I want to tell you what's coming to me. I feel that God is burdening my heart about the people in our county who cannot have, they don't have access to a hot meal. She said, there is one key pantry that will give people food, most of it's canned. But what if they don't have a way to cook it? Honestly, I hadn't thought too much about that. She knew some statistics and talked about the number of people who cannot cook a hot meal at home. 24 hours later, another woman in the church who did not know the woman who first visited me came and said, Rob, I need, it could have been an identical visit. I think God is burdening my heart with the hungry people in our county. I did what any smart pastor would do in that situation. I introduced them and got out of the way. (laughs) Within six months, we were running a daily soup kitchen out of that church. Serving people who not only didn't have a hot meal, they didn't have many opportunities for fellowship. It gave them a place to come together and know that they are loved and cared for. That story is part of our story here at St. Luke's. When several years ago, we became concerned about people in the Crooked Creek area that didn't have access to food needs. And we started the Crooked Creek Food Pantry. Maria Blake became the first director. And after her, Steve Claffey, who had retired as a lawyer, felt led by God to step in and continue the work of the food pantry expanding the services of people who are being reached. Steve passed away a little over a year ago and his last Sunday here in church was Thanksgiving Sunday of 2022 when we take a food collection here at the altar for Crooked Creek Food Pantry. The point is When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we're we're praying to a God who cares about what we need. Here and now, this life, God wants our needs to be met but also God wants to use us when our needs are satisfied to help meet the needs of other people. What might come to you as you pray this prayer over and over? But there is the spiritual side to this prayer as well. It has spiritual meaning, tomorrow's bread, the future bread. God cares as much about our physical needs as God cares about our spiritual needs. And think about the times Jesus used bread or hunger as a metaphor for our spiritual needs when he was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil to make food, turn stones into bread. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. On another occasion, the disciples became concerned that Jesus wasn't eating. And Jesus said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. And then, of course, in the story which we heard this morning in the Gospel of John after the feeding of the 5,000, the next day people follow Jesus because they want another miracle. Why? Because (laughs) no matter how much you ate yesterday, you still need to eat today. And they get into a conversation about Jesus' powers, and they talk about the manna in the wilderness, and Jesus talks about bread from heaven, and they said, well, then show us. Give us this bread from heaven. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. There's an old saying that says, we are really not human beings who have spiritual experiences. We are spiritual beings who have human experiences. Our spiritual makeup and identity is the true essence of who we are. These bodies we just carry around. These bodies that can feel hunger, that's temporary. Our spirits are permanent. How much attention do we need to give to our spiritual support? Ruth Haley Barton in her book Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership tells about Gary Hagan, who was an attorney with the Department of Justice and then he left to start an organization called International Justice Ministries or Mission, International Justice Mission in which they sought to address in a faith-based way some of the greatest human needs in the world human trafficking, human slavery, injustices, and their work took off. And he realized they were getting so busy, he needed to take a retreat and see how they were going to keep up with things. And he felt in that retreat, God telling him, watch out for prayerless striving. He understood what that meant. Watch out for the trap of trying to do everything you need to do on on your own. And he knew that their needs were so big and so demanding, they could not just focus on how are we going to handle this. He started the pattern of having their staff pray every day. As things continued to grow, he came back with a new rhythm to the prayer. They'd spend 30 minutes together every day. So when she, Ruth Haley Barton, interviewed Gary about what was the impact of this prayer on their organization... He said three things. It taught us humility, wisdom, and peace. He said the kinds of urgent, painful things we deal with on a daily basis can make us anxious and frustrated. But the practice of being quiet in God's presence brings us back to a place of trust in God's presence. Do you catch how he said that their, their challenging demands came on a daily basis? Jesus understood that we need daily bread that isn't just physical bread. We all need spiritual bread. We need spiritual resources. Right before Jesus gave this prayer in the Gospel of Matthew, he told listeners a pattern to pray that will be most meaningful. If you want to get the most out of your prayers, instead of doing it for show, he said, go home and pray in your inner closet. What was he talking about? Homes in that time for common people were one room, one room houses. You slept in the room, you ate in the room, you cooked, one room. Except for one part of the room that would be closed off, that was the pantry. That's where all the food and necessities would be kept. That's where Jesus said, go pray. Go sit in that space surrounded by the resources of your physical needs and think about your spiritual needs. We all have those needs as well and just as we plan menus and meals for a week, what do we plan for our spiritual care to know that we do not have to go through this life relying on our own power? So let's once again conclude the message this morning as we join our voices together and praying the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, what appropriate timing for